Hello and welcome to a Tuesday, May the 9th edition of the Sports Ethos NBA DFS Today podcast. I'm your host, Harris Kermani, and I've got my guy, Ramiz, here with me as we break down the aftermath of some pretty amazing Game 4s. We've got into the crunch time, the key moments of the series. Both games happening tonight are knotted up 2-2 with a pretty decisive game to come. I believe it was trying to remember the exact stat but i think it was the team that wins game five wins the series but something in the 80s i think it was like 81 or 82 percent of the time so definitely a pivotal point as far as these series themselves are concerned and i'm glad i'm able to make it back on i had a pretty crappy cold for the last couple of days so i sounded like i was dying but back on the mic here back on the mic back and able to talk as normal so happy about that but ramiz past couple of days have things been on your side and what did you think of that uh, James Harden game winner? Two and two series, two and two games now out of four. Uh, it's been a, a pretty great week. Uh, I actually hooped for the first time in like years. Okay. And uh, I was uh, feeling like the Hardens in game two and game three where he was inconsistent. <laughs> no, but uh, Harden had an amazing game, and he, they definitely needed it. And I mean, if I get, hopefully we'll see what direction you go with game five and your course your guy hearted uh but into that kind of disappointed with this lakers warriors series glad we don't have to talk about it because it's just been what three-point shooting from warriors or free throw shooting from the lakers so uh it's a pretty disappointing series for i am disappointed in that uh, i mean i don't know about that it's been a series full of adjustments they've been trying to do different things to get ad out of it but he's just been dominant the series and then it's just man half the warriors keep shitting the bed half the games jordan Poole is just Better off just sitting on the bench to stop playing, please, <laughs> while it's really on uh, Curry to continue doing it. So man, I mean, I don't care about AD, man. I want to see LeBron versus Curry, bro. Yeah. I want to see Wiggins, Clay. No, you don't. No one wants to see Wiggins. All right, let's be straight here. Nobody no, wants to see Wiggins. I don't want to see, see them, exactly, man. I want to see Curry <laughs> versus LeBron. And LeBron I mean, you're <laughs> on his old like uh, train. I don't know what's going on, man. Look, man, he's LeBron is going to pick and choose the spots. The reality is, the Lakers, if they're going to win, is going to are going to need Anthony Davis to keep doing Anthony Davis things. So it's clear the plan is working. And <laughs> if they go up three one here, I, I don't see a way back for the Warriors. So let's see how that goes. But forget all of that. We've got two other games to talk about over here, and they are going to be a doozy. Boston, after obviously losing that game four in pretty dramatic fashion screwing up a potential game-winning opportunity after a 16-point comeback to get back into it and then not even getting a shot off in overtime, which was hilarious. I'm assuming that Joe Mazzula is going to finally start calling timeouts for final plays. But we are looking at Boston going back home, though. Having done, you know, all things considered, they got that win in Game 3, were able to take back home court advantage over here so really they just have to hold serve so philly has got to do something out of their skin again to get themselves back on top here and put themselves in a position to try and put the put away the series at home really that's uh, that's philly's goal here and we're looking at a 213 and a half game total for this one with the celtics according to vegas figured uh favored to win by seven and a half <laughs> so clearly a lot is being uh, looked at as far as boston's concerned here to make a comeback come back at home and give themselves that lead in the series. But you guys want to give yourself a lead. You got to get yourself subscribed to Sports Ethos as well on to that DFS pass to make sure that you keep yourself asking the pros about all their opinions and get yourselves connected to not only all of our DFS deliveries and amazing content on the site, 
but also our Discord where you can keep yourself connected with all the guys that are doing this night in and night out and giving you all of that wonderful expertise. But let's talk expertise here, Ramiz. Philly, underdog going into this game. Boston, favored to win by a bigger margin than what the Nuggets are favored to win in the next game. And that game has a significantly higher total as far as their overall point spread is concerned as well. So who are you looking at in this game? Where is your point of attack? Uh, well, to be honest with you, uh, you're not going to like these, but I, I kind of more favor the Celtics in this game. Uh-huh. Uh, I guess I went back to be successful. You probably have the unpopular opinion of your boy, of course. Uh, but I decided to go to Tatum at 9,600. Of course, he hasn't really had a, an explosive scoring game yet. He had 24 and like 27, I want to say, on the road in Philly. And he still had some pretty decent uh, DK points in terms of those games. Uh, but I think he can do better. I think he can really drop a nice 40 bomb or 30 plus, hopefully. And uh, obviously continue what he's been doing with terms of rebounding and getting a few assists. And uh, hopefully have a, a huge amount, uh, amount of minutes, unless it turns out to be a blowout, which we none of, nobody would like, especially us neutral fans. Uh, so I also have Horford at 5,700, who's kind of been uh, the main guy for Embiid. Uh, Robert, Robert Williams has not been really uh, pretty, really non-existent. I mean, he doesn't have that impact that I guess they would hope for him for two, but Horford has kind of de-aged in these past two games and kind of been hitting his threes as the elite shooter he claimed to be. And uh, I guess putting up defense, I think he had five blocks last game. Uh, he's, so he got, I believe, over 30-plus DK points in those past two games, and I'm hoping he can keep the same contribution in this game and only listed at 5,700, so I'm willing to take that uh, peg because I really think if he doesn't go over that value, I feel like he should still be able to do a solid 30 or 32. So not too much of a loss there. And then lastly, I got Marcus Smart 5200. He's kind of been at that price uh, for a long time because he's not a guy you're going to expect to get 40 to 50 DK fa- uh, fantasy points. But uh, I think he's kind of consistent in terms of getting around 30. Uh, so kind of similar to Horford, I don't think his value, I don't think he has too much of an upside, but I think you can expect uh, similar uh, production as his past few games. And on the Sixers side of things, uh, like I said, you're probably going to be disappointed, but I only have De'Anthony Melton here at 4,600 because I think uh, he's one of those players I like at that price because he can have a really good game where he can hit three-point shots, uh, play great defense on a Tatum or a Brown. Uh, and uh, I think they really need him if they want to win a game. Of course, he did struggle last game, and that's why they resulted with P.J. Tucker. But, uh, I mean, P.J. Tucker and De'Anthony Melton, these guys have to hit their threes, and I like De'Anthony Melton. De'Anthony Melton uh, at, at, a, at a better price. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you as far as uh, you know, that's concerned. DeAnthony Melton has been very much like James Harden in that there's been two amazing games and two absolutely less than amazing games. Sorry, that's concerned. Some of it is just kind of how the scheme is. As you said, they are really focusing on Melton to be a pretty heavy defender. He's going to get his minutes, same as P.J. Tucker. They're going to get their minutes. But as you said, DeAnthony Melton has more usage behind him. He uh, ends up getting a lot of those kind of kickouts from both Embiid and Harden to be able to get some of those open threes. So definitely looking for him to be able to get that. Uh, one thing I uh, didn't fully mention, because I honestly just don't believe it's going to even matter, but Embiid is technically listed as questionable in this game. But honestly, he, someone would need to probably shoot him in the leg for him to actually not play this. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and say that I think you can not worry about Embiid not playing this game. But that being said, at 9,700, I am going to not take him just because it's clear that he is still getting back into kind of shooting shape and all of that with the knee, that bulky, bulky knee brace that he's got going. It looks like RoboCop on the right side over there, but it's clear that he's going to be needed throughout. 
But James Harden's at 8,800, man. That regardless of where you feel you're going to get a good Harden or a bad Harden game, you got to remember, even in his absolute duds, he still dropped 32 DK points in that uh, May 3rd game against Boston, which was the worst game of his in the series, and still ended up with 42 in that other uh, Boston game where he also, you know, relatively crapped the bed. So this is one of those things where if you know that you're going to get a good James Harden game, you're going to get what he did in the other two games, which is 60s, 70s. But 8,800 just gives you so much room to grow because there's not too many guys that are in that price tag range that are going to have the opportunity and the capability to be able to drop 60 plus. And for someone to have the opportunity to do that, it's really, to me, between him and a Jamal Murray that have kind of the capability in that price range to be able to do that. And I just like James Harden to be able to do it more. There might be a bit of bias in that, but it's also more the way that Philly adjusted last game. So one of the biggest things to me was how hard they were adjusting to make sure that Jalen Brown not only was getting tired in terms of how much he'd have to guard Harden, but how hard they were screening to get him off him and how much they were able to hunt those mismatches, mismatches down in that time. And I think that's going to be something Philly's going to continue to do for the next uh for the next two games, hopefully, with Philly winning. But we'll see what ends up happening there. Regardless, I think Harden's going to continue to uh, have some pretty deep, pretty big games to end off over here. It's just the way it's set up. But we'll have to see how Boston adjusts from that side. While on the Boston side, very much on what you're talking about as far as those mid-tier guys are concerned. Smart has been in every lineup that I make anytime Boston plays. It's just, to me, the safe, one of the safest picks you can absolutely make. It's just, you, from a cash game perspective... 100% you can take him every time at his price tag, and he's going to get somewhere near 5x, I would say 80, 80 to 85% of the time, just the way his price tag ends up working and just how involved he is from a minutes perspective and just all the other hustle stats and everything else that he's able to just rack up from the time that he's on the floor. But he still gets that GPP consideration because last three games now, 14, 15, 15 field goal attempts. You don't necessarily want to see that. <laughs> I mean, as, as if I was a Boston fan, I wouldn't want to see that. But, you know, uh, from a fantasy perspective, <laughs> I'm totally happy with him doing that. Keep taking those last-minute game-winning shots, too. I'm, I'm fine with it. Go for it, bro. But if he's going to shoot that many times, he's going to get the opportunity to be able to even shoot at 40% and be able to get a very, very solid DK points mark. So for him to have gotten 31 and 35 in his last two games – and just given how tight the rotations are getting and how he's pretty much going to be playing anywhere between 40 to 42 minutes from here on out as long as the game stays close, I am very happy to go ahead and take him. And I'm on that with Horford as well. And I'll also go ahead and throw Brogdon into that same mark as well. So it's clear that Derek White has taken a little bit of a backseat in this series. He's playing the minutes but he's not getting anywhere near the usage that we were seeing in the Atlanta series where he was getting uh, the opportunity to be a little bit more expressive on ball. Now he's purely catch and shoot and defend while it's Tatum who's going to be basically handling the ball 90% of the time. So you get some of smart and even Jalen Brown has been kind of, you know, he starts off hot and then he just won't touch the ball. He'll just be off ball for the rest of the game. Uh, last in that last game from the fourth from this in the second half, he only had, I think it was four field goal attempts in that entire second half over there. So still ended up on like 10 of 16 from the field. So it's just really, really weird how that entire thing is working out. And we'll have to see how they uh, try and get him a little bit more involved. But I'm just, I'm altogether avoiding. I'm okay taking Tatum if I'm not spending the money on you know, some of the guys in that Phoenix-Denver game. I'll throw it out there. I'd rather spend 500 more bucks and go for a Devin Booker than I would uh, to go for the Jason Tatum situation, just given how... Uh, 
clear the usage and the pace and how much how many shots he's taking there but tatum is absolutely a rock solid pick i don't think anyone's gonna go down about that it's all about value for money here and you're trying to get to that point where you know you're you're trying to fit some of these other kind of cheaper options in so let's see how that ends up working i'll probably end up having less of tatum and a little bit more of uh, of the uh, mid-tier picks that within boston and we'll see how that ends up working out in the first game because i'm excited i'm excited to actually watch it 7.30 tomorrow. Let's see. <laughs> All right. Well, that does bring us to the second one and final one of the night. The Phoenix Suns going into Denver to take on the Nuggets after the Nuggets shot themselves at the foot in at least one of those games. Game three should have absolutely been theirs. But game four, we saw some of that uh, Landry Shamit stuff in the fourth quarter to go ahead and pull that game through despite Jokic's absolutely monster game on the other end. So clearly this has become... You know, more of a series than it was looking at one time with uh, Chris Paul being out and you know Denver not able to take advantage in at least one of those two games. So they come back, though, at home, a 228 game total. The Nuggets favored to win by five and a half, obviously being incredibly successful at home throughout the season and throughout the playoffs so far. So they'll be hoping to continue that streak on their end. As far as injuries are concerned, obviously the the real one is just the uh, Chris Paul situation, who is out for at least up to this game. They are saying that, you know, there was a potential that he could play the game six. But I'd be very surprised if he does. He just looks like he'll be out for the series and uh, who knows how long beyond that. But that being said, Phoenix-Denver, man, 2-2, another knotted-up series. One in which we have seen Devin Booker just show off his absolute scoring masterclass, I would say, in the last really Two games for sure, but throughout the series, it's just been absolutely monstrous. Who are you looking at in this game, and where are your kind of bets lying as far as who's winning this? Uh, well, I'm gonna probably favor the home side. I think uh, I think the absence of Chris Paul really might be seen in this type of game where you're on the road. And so on the Nuggets side, I'll start with them first. I got Jamal Murray at 8100. I think he's the one who loves being at home more than anybody. Of course, he actually had some pretty decent games. I think game four, he had a really great game in terms of offensively. Uh, but we all know when he's at home, he's just making these Kobe-like shots, and it's insane. Uh, but I, I'm, I also went with MPJ at 5,800. Uh, I think he's a player who obviously he has struggled some games with scoring. But I think last game he didn't have a great scoring night, but he added a, a great amount of rebounds. And he played 40 minutes, right, which was amazing because I think he has struggled in terms of uh, being able to guard a Kevin Redd, being able to guard a Devin Booker, which has limited him some minutes and giving them to uh, Bruce Brown. Uh, so I hope he can get those same amount of minutes and provide a scoring production at 5,800 as well as like what 10 rebounds. Which he, it's not really a difficult task for him because he's like 6'10 and uh, just being able to out- attack offensive glass and just crash a defensive board. And then lastly, uh, Bruce Brown at 4,500, similar to my picks as Marcus Smart. I think you can expect a pretty consistent value of what you get from Bruce Brown. Uh, so I think around 28, uh, 30 DK points. Uh, maybe at worst come maybe 24s, but he's definitely going to be getting a bunch of minutes and being able to feed off Jokic's uh, easy like assist, uh, uh, get some easy rebounds and get some steals hopefully. And at 4,500, I can take that. Uh, I really like his price. And on the Sun side, I think as much as I would love to go for Devin Booker because like you said, he's been amazing in the playoffs. Uh, not only just this series, the whole playoffs, he's been absolutely insane. And of course, he would get that uh, summer numbers to triple double, but. I decided to go with the Tatum out early on, so I can't really spend that much money in the same slate. But I'm going to go with a, a high upside pick. I feel like a lot of people are going to have a lot of ownership on this guy. So that's DeAndre Ayton at 5,600. 
mainly because the price is so low and you're hoping that you think Jock Randall will still continues to get all those minutes, you know, at like 5,600 is, is one of those prices so tempting as a, as a, a player, because you really think if he has a great game, you're definitely exceeding that value. But there's also a situation where Monty Williams says, no longer DeAndre, we're going with Jock Landau or Bismarck Biombo if he has a great night. So that is the, the risk you're going to take. Uh, I'm going to take that risk because it is 5,600 and I feel like I can. Uh, so, yeah, I like 8 at 5,600. All right. Well, I'll, I'll get to jump on the other side of that because I absolutely had Jock Landale circle oh. that over here as a value pick here for me. One, the price tag is one thing. Two, the minutes are clearly rising. And three, it's the kind of minutes that he's playing. He's clearly coming out in the key moments for them. He has been that guy who's that little bit more mobile than a DeAndre Ayton. Obviously, Ayton is a much more talented player, more offensively talented, all of that. But Londale is giving the kind of hustle that you need at this point to be able to try and really tire Jokic out. That's really what it's coming down to here. You know he's going to get his, but can you make it so that some of the other things get disrupted as a result? He's fine. He's you know coming into the gaps a lot more. He's actually been able to disrupt quite a few possessions over there. So I have a feeling that we're going to be seeing more of Jock Landale, especially in the second half as things go on. So at 3,400, I absolutely have him penciled in, especially because I'm trying to save some money here because I do want to be able to spend up and get uh, get some of these big guys in here. So really, all this comes down to, there's been a reason why I didn't talk about any of the big guys on Boston. I didn't even talk about Maxi on the Philly side because if I'm just taking Harden on, on that side as far as you know my big spending is concerned, I'm hoping that with enough of these cheapies, I have a lineup in which I can get both Devin Booker and Nikola Jokic in. And I've been able to find a couple of uh, a couple of different uh, scenarios in which I've been able to do that. So that's kind of my way of looking at it. I don't want to call it full-on stars and scrubs because we pretty much know what rotations are looking like. But there's enough value in those 5,000 and, in my opinion, this Jacques Landale, maybe even a little bit of Landry Shamit to be able to kind of make up that lineup there that – these guys are going to be the ones to, uh, you know, be that bargain value who can potentially go 5, 5.5x, really all I want, because I do expect that players like Devin Booker and players like Nikola Jokic, not only are they going to be the highest raw DK point scorers on the night, but just they'll still be able to get anywhere between 6 to 7x on their price tags to be able to really go ahead and get that. So I'm... That's kind of how I'm looking at the slate in general, and that's where I'm going. Uh, the MPJ one, I was actually going to go the other way, because you were talking about guys who have loved playing at home, which is Jamal Murray. On the other hand, MPJ has struggled at home in general. Not In these playoffs, he's had one, I'd say, really good game at home, and that was a blowout against Minnesota. Other than that, he's been very middling, and even throughout the regular season, has consistently been doing less from a pure... A, productivity standpoint at home versus at away where he clearly just will go ahead and take more shots just it will get that much more aggressive because look there's got to be some balance in here right if Jamal Murray is going to be greater usage more aggressive all that at home it's going to come away from someone and it seems to be coming away from MPJ who even in these two games that we've seen so far at home less than double digit shot attempts in both of those when while he went up to 14 and 13 in the two away games so you know, I don't want to go too much on looking at a box score for something in the future, but it's just kind of how these things have ended up working. You'll see MPJ be a lot more off ball, a lot more in the corner. So that's actually one of my like fades <laughs> as far as this uh, this entire thing is concerned. But as you said, at that price tag, he could very well go ahead and pay off for you there. And 
Yeah, I wish you the best of luck if you do that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to save some money because I'm going to take a Bruce Brown instead at home because, again, 4500 I want a guy who's going who's gonna to have a solid enough floor to be able to make me feel secure about the fact that he could get somewhere close to uh, between 5.5 to 6x for his price. And really, he only needs to get me about 25 to be able to do that. And he has more than capable hands to be able to do it at, at this point. And at home, he's done that or 21 and more in a three out of the four games that he's played. So 5X pretty much secured over there, given uh, given his current price tag. So that's where I'm looking. I'm going big with Jokic. I'm expecting another 80 DK 70 to 80 DK point night for him, just given how much he's going to be looking to just absolutely make sure that the Nuggets do not leave outside of Colorado without that 3-2 lead, while Devin Booker is, on the other hand, going to continue to shoot I'm going to say 20 to 23 shots in this game to be able to continue to get that. In the in the second uh, away game that they played, in which that was an 87-97 one, he ended up with 29 shots in that game to be able to try to get it. So if this is getting even somewhat close near the end, you know that Devin Booker is going to continue to take all those shots down the stretch because Kevin Durant, as much as he is Kevin Durant, has almost been kind of a decoy. Like It's kind of weird to be able to say it. He's still getting his shots because no one else on Phoenix shoots. But... He has been more of like a, I'm a threat. I'm always going to be a threat. I'm one of the greatest scorers of all time. But it's like the real main event is what Devin Booker is going to shoot. I'm here to just keep things honest. And then it's going to be Booker who's going to be taking it here. So, you know, it's been an interesting dynamic. Like I said, these, these playoffs are all about adjustments, especially as we're getting into kind of the key areas of a very, very tight series. But that's that's kind of how I'm seeing it, man. But from your perspective, so... We're looking at both these home teams. Clearly, you're you're favoring the two home teams to be able to go ahead and uh, and take these games here. But if we're talking about where these series could end up going, who of the two are you think is the more likely to be able to take an away game here? Which is going to be the closer game? Because Vegas has them both pretty close here. Because and you don't want to game script too much, but you know which one would you be thinking is uh, one that could go deeper down into the fourth quarter? Surprisingly, I think it'd be the Suns. I just think it's because when it comes down to it, like, man, Devin Booker and Kevin Durant are on another level. I mean, of course, Kevin Durant hasn't been playing up to that level, but we've seen it beat in the past, and Devin Booker is currently doing it right now, right? I mean, like, you're seeing all these polls coming up of, like, is Devin Booker the best player in the playoffs? I mean, I was looking at his numbers right now, and he's taken, what, uh, 43 shots in these past two games, and he's only missed eight, uh, like, nine shots. That's mm. insane. I mean, like, that's completely insane. It's 78% from the field in game four. 80% for the field in game three. Like, I mean, so I think as long as the Suns can drag it out to the fourth quarter, I think they have a really good chance. The thing about the Sixers that I just don't like is what we kind of saw at the end of game four, which is when Joel Embiid kind of like slows down. It's a, he's not really able to get him back, get himself back up. Hmm. And I don't know if that's maybe because of fatigue, the injury, whatever the case may be. And Harden has had these moments, but can Harden consistently do it is a question that always comes up, right? Harden's always had these amazing games in the playoffs. And what usually brings them down is the consistency, right? Because especially against a team like Boston, who's going to have a lot more depth. So they're able to run a lot more guys, give more rest to a Jalen Brown, to a Jason Tatum. And uh, it's they are playing at home, which TD Garden is one of the toughest places to play on a, on a road game. So as long as if I just think the mental game for Embiid is too much for him to go against a Boston team and perform like that on the road. So maybe I have a lot more faith in Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. All right. Well, we will have to... Wait and see. That's really what it comes down to over here. But speaking of seeing, moving on to the Thrive Fantasy side of things here, 
we got to see which props are interesting us here as well because just as much as these uh, these price tags are pretty enticing for where they have been as far as what value could be i'm seeing a number of these uh props as well that i was just like man i've got like three down here do i believe in like four of these i actually may believe in five of these but i'm gonna keep it simple here to be able to talk about three but yeah from a thrive fantasy side get yourself on thrivefantasy.com make those player props and get yourself on there but ramiz Tell me about uh, let, let, you know what let's go one on one back and back because otherwise I feel like we get into too many of these in a bunch. So what is the one you like most? The one that you circled right away? Which prop are you looking at? I hope this is the safest one, which is <laughs> PJ Tucker over zero point five blocks and steals at ninety five points. Hmm. Uh, it kind of scares me that this, you're getting ninety five points because they probably don't believe in PJ Tucker that much. But I'm hoping in the thirty minutes he plays, of course, there's been times where he shoots zero field goals, but he can hopefully get one block or one steal from a Tatum or Brown because those are usually the players he's guarding. Mm-hmm. Uh, so hopefully he can get one out of that game. Yeah, no, I like it. That was one of the ones that I was looking at here. Yeah, I'm going to have to stay on brand. Let's start with the James Harden, man. First and foremost, 35 and a half points, rebounds, and assists for him to go over that for 105 points. Absolutely believe in that, apart from the fact that even in the games in which he's absolutely struggled, he still ended up... So I'm pretty well close. So three out of the four games, he has absolutely uh, beaten that on there. Even in his uh, game three, where he obviously shot three or 14, still ended up on 16, 6, and 11, which still got him past that uh, that mark that you're looking for here. So it's just, it's it's tight. It's, it's one of those where you want uh, to be able to uh, get them maybe a little bit closer to 33 or so to really feel absolutely locked in. But I think it's just going to be one of those games where he has to absolutely do it. It's Philly knows just how important it is to be able to do it because at this point now, if you're not going to be pulling another one in game five, even if you somehow get back here for a game seven, it's going to be super, super tough to be able to do it at that point. So this is to be the make or break point for them. And James Harden's going to have to show it. So over for 105, 35 and a half PRA. I think I'm going to go for my next pick uh, for Devin Booker, even though I didn't have it, but I think over 34 and a half total points, uh, I mean, obviously, I don't think they're going to win the game, but they're probably going to score, what, 100 or plus points. And Devin Booker's probably going to have a good portion of those points. So I think uh, I'm pretty safe. I, it's 120 points, too. And I feel kind of safe. I feel more safer about doing this pick than P.J. Tucker's. <laughs> yeah, hey, uh, I don't mind that at all. I think Devin Booker is absolutely going to do it. So, and the, the reason why he's going to do it is because I'm going the other way where I go Kevin Durant's under in this game, mm. which has not always been, you know, oh. I'm not... Not really the most under guy, but that 130 <laughs> for 36 and a half points and rebounds, I was feeling. I just, given how, one, in general, he has found himself struggling quite a bit more within Denver itself. But just for him to not necessarily get to that, I just, like, uh, there was, in game two is where I saw it. I expect this actually to be a lower scoring game than Vegas is otherwise thinking. I don't think this is going to go to 228. That's just my thought on the matter as well. I believe it's going to be more of a grimy game the way we saw in game two in that Denver one where you know, maybe not 97-87, but it'll be somewhere closer to the hundreds in my my opinion there. So 36 and a half, I'm going to go with the fact that he's likely going to score somewhere between 26 to 27 points. So I'm just banking on him not having a double-digit rebound game, which he's done for two out of the four games here. I'm going to go ahead and uh, take a shot that he's going to be below that. And if he does, very, very juicy 130 points that I've got to uh, written up for that 
All right. Uh, that's a pretty brave pick of you because he has gotten some ties, what, 11 rebounds, 14 yeah. rebounds. So yeah. you're taking a huge chance. But hey, there I, we go. I like the brave picks. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Jamal Murray over 37.5 total points, rebounds, and assists. Uh, I think you mentioned earlier he just plays much better at home. So uh, I, I'm just hoping he can have one of those explosive games because they definitely need it from someone else besides Jokic. I mean, considering Jokic scored 52 and they still lost the game. And even though Jamal Murray had a pretty great night, but I think he needs to step up even more, and hopefully he's able to do that at home. Yeah, I like it. I like it. The last one that I'm looking at over here is uh, a little bit more on the, I guess you want to say, safer side. goes back to what I was talking about from a DeAndre Ayton perspective, that I just expect him to continue to not be as involved in this series just given how things are going. And for that, under nine and a half rebounds for him to be at 85 points over there, feel uh, pretty good about that one because even when he's been playing, he's not necessarily crashing the boards as much as uh, you'd be finding you're finding that it is, you know, Durant or uh, some of these guards that are getting some of these longer rebounds that are coming through. He hasn't had a double-digit rebounding game as of yet. In fact, nine in game three was his best so far. And otherwise, he's just been kind of that eight and seven mark, which, yeah, let's uh, let's go ahead and do it. He, if he's going to keep to his series averages, any of those would be below that mark, and I feel pretty good about that. All right, so I got one more pick, and that's uh, Nikola Jokic over 53 and a half total mm-hmm. points, rebounds, assists, uh, over 100. I mean, getting 100 points, but I'm going for the over. Uh, I mean, the fact that it's only 100 points means they kind of think it's an even uh, pick. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, Jokic has been insane. Uh, even on a bad shooting night, you can expect him to get what 10 plus assists, 10 plus rebounds. So I don't think it would be quite difficult, especially with the amount of minutes he's going to get, because the backup center is what Jeff Green. Mm-hmm. So I think Jokic is definitely going to be somebody, especially because they have to win this game because you do not want to go back to Phoenix down 3-2 when he gets a Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. Yeah, no, I got it. And you know what? I'm going to keep this simple because I was going to talk about Jokic there as well. So let me give you my endorsement for your <laughs> pick on that one. So we're, we're good to go as far as that's concerned. But that does bring us to the end of what was a pretty fun pod over here. Pretty fun playoff night coming forward to us on the Tuesday. Keep interacting with us as always. You can catch me on Twitter, on Instagram at H-A-K underscore devil. Reach out to me about what you think these games are looking like. How have you been enjoying the playoffs so far? What are your picks? How are your results going? I've been hearing a, a couple of lineups that have gone pretty, pretty well in over the last little bit. So always excited to do that. And Ramiz, where can the good people find you? They can find me at Twitter at two nice. That'll be spelled T O zero underscore nice underscore. All right. Love it. Well, you can, as always, catch us on there. Get yourself, as always, subscribed to sportsethos.com to get on that DFS pass. And we will catch you at the end of the next one. Let's go ahead and take down some GPPs. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.